0: Hi everyone. Welcome to Backstage with Blur the Border, a weekly podcast where we go behind the scenes with some of the best fashion stylists in the country. I'm Sarpi Shukla, a creative director and a fashion stylist. Today we have with us someone who has been a defining voice in the fashion styling industry, Megan Concessio. With a background in fashion design, Megan quickly discovered her passion for curating looks and honed her skills by studying fashion styling in London. Megan has established herself as a prominent figure in the fashion styling industry, particularly towards young Bollywood. We're excited to have Megan join us on the podcast to share her insights and experiences from the world of fashion styling. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, Megan. Yes. We know that you started off by studying fashion design, but then you landed a job at a magazine, right? What was that like? So um,
1: that was really, really fun. I was 17. Wow. And uh, yeah, I actually uh, joined a design course. And then, uh, I don't know, I just didn't connect with the course, with the staff there. And I just felt like I needed a break. And I was also this spoiled kid at that time and a little bit rebellious. So um, I knew that Ficielle was actually in Lower Perel as well, where my college was. Mm-hmm. And I applied for an internship there. So that's how I began working with L'Officiel. And it was actually really great. I discovered there that it was f- more fun for me to put things together and curate things and reach out to like different people and bring that together more than creating a garment. So that's kind of when I thought, okay, maybe styling is for me more than design. So that was right. like right at the beginning. Yeah. And so... How did you find your niche into celebrity styling? So I think once I finished my course in London and I came back and I was kind of, you know, Instagram had like come up right then and everyone was kind of posting their looks and I was noticing a lot of, looks that Sonam Kapoor was putting up. And uh, she had just uh, released a film called Mm Surat*. So she was in that and she was looking all quirky. And my style at the time was very quirky and colorful. And I was like, Oh my god, I just like really love what she's wearing. And Karuna Longani was her stylist. And uh, I really wanted to work for Karuna. So that was when I thought like, okay, maybe I should be approaching celebrity stylists so that I can work in that part of styling and I eventually reached out to Ria Kapoor I reached out to many people actually I got ignored by a lot of people uh, but it I does uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah I reached out I, I won't say who um, but a lot of people ignored me and that's okay uh, because Ria finally responded to me and then I kind of uh, whatever I did was what Ria what she did as a stylist so her main area of expertise was styling Sonam for appearances for ads for events that was my entry into celebrity styling and that's
0: how it kind of became my thing right and looking back on your earlier days what were the the difficult parts or what you would like deem as like challenges in your early days
1: I still feel like I'm in my early days you know I still feel like sometimes yeah, yeah some days do feel still feel like that I think one of the main things at that point was that I was getting a very small budget to do my job and whether that was my fee or whether that was the expenses amount that you kind of get as a stylist when you're an upcoming stylist when you're a budding stylist people are not giving you uh, you know these large amounts of money to get everything that you need and I've also come from a background where I've worked for Sonam and Ria and we're used to having like lots of options lots of customized looks there's always a big budget so you're kind of learning how to do the same thing and kind of put out the same results but now with uh, lesser resources mm-hmm. so I think that was very difficult for me but I knew that that was challenging and I took that as a challenge and I would kind of put the money I earned back into my career in a in a certain sense so I would kind of take a little less of a profit and put that money back in because I kind of thought of it as a business.
0: Yeah I don't think a lot of people understand the capital that you need when you're a stylist. Yeah,
1: especially when you begin. I think that people think that because it's a service that you need to make money, but actually you have to think of it like a business and put that money back into your business to grow, Mm -hmm. uh, especially
0: in the beginning. Okay, so just to digress just a little bit. Yeah. Right. If somebody didn't know what a stylist does, how would you put it simply? Okay,
1: so a stylist is someone who crafts a look for a celebrity or models. Uh, It can be for advertising or where you work for a brand, a brand tells you what they need and you put that together for them. It can be for an event where you bring your clothes together for a person in the brief that is of the event that they're attending. A stylist could also be someone who works on a film, but I feel like that would be more costume design. But I feel like now stylists are kind of working with designers and becoming costume stylists as well. Um, Editorials, of course. And yeah, so we kind of bring everything together. I think it's Uh, a misconception that a stylist only brings clothes I think a stylist crafts a look as well and should have a say in the hair and makeup Mm -hmm. of a look because I think that that is an extremely important part in how your look comes together and how you visualize it and I think that's a stylist job as well Right, you know, that's absolutely like spot on. Yeah, I think people uh, kind of feel like you're overstepping when you give hair and makeup references, but I don't think they realize that If your hair is not part of the vision of a look, that will destroy it. Same with makeup. Same with even like picking a shoe is extremely like to me. That's an extremely important part of my job is like picking out the right jewelry. Why I'm picking that kind of jewelry. Why I'm picking that shoe. Why I'm picking that bag.
0: It's all in the details. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. So Megan, I'm curious to know what's been a defining project for you something that you feel has shaped you or served as an inflection point in your career?
1: Um, I think for me, it would be um, the promotions, the first set of film promotions that I did. Mm -hmm. It was Fatara Sutaria for a film called Tadap. And um, I think, yeah, people were noticing my work here and there. But I think... When you do a film promotion, you're putting out your work daily yeah. consecutively for about two weeks, maybe three weeks sometimes. And I also got lucky that around that time there were no other films releasing, so it was a lot of content that was com- that was coming out on my page on Tara's page that was getting noticed by a lot of the film uh, community and the blogs and fashion blogs and stuff. So I think that for me was uh, that was a that was a massive turning point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people might not realize, um, you know, putting out looks on someone for two or three consecutive weeks takes a lot of uh, effort. Yeah. uh, A lot of sleepless nights. Yeah. yeah, Um, It's stressful. Yeah. And the process of that is, um, you know, it requires building the right kind of team. Yeah. Right. Talk us through how you build a team and uh, what is it that you look for? in the people that you want to work with. Okay. Um
1: I think this has been I would say the biggest challenge in my career and that would be to pick the team of people who not only share uh, my work ethic but also my aesthetic like everything uh, about you and your team has to sort of just click. And yeah. I think that that relationship is very special and it doesn't happen very often like it takes a lot of time. I think uh, I finally reached a place where I have found people who understand me, who understand the way uh, I work. But yeah, I mean, uh, it it is a process and it's not an easy one. And you have to be you have to be patient and you have to know that, uh, you know, not everyone is going to be your cup of tea. And that's okay. And you have to kind of just learn from everything. So, yeah, building a team has been
0: very challenging. Okay, so from here, we move on into segment two, which is a little bit of an industry deep dive. So now, because we work in the industry, we have a little bit of a bird's eye view. I want to get your perspective on the industry as it exists today for stylists and beyond that. Um, for celebrity styling in particular, there's a lot of pressure Because there's a lot of eyes on all of the looks that you put out. Um, Is that something that plays into the process of you putting a look out? Um,
1: Not really, because I think when I chose this profession, I knew that uh, it comes with a lot of opinions and it comes with a lot of criticism. And that's okay. Your own included. Yeah, my own included. I I think I'm, uh, I reflect on my own work a lot i always look back and try to think of what i could have done better or if i did something right i want to continue that process for other jobs that i do so i'm i'm perfectly fine with people liking disliking like i of course love the instant gratification that comes with the job but i'm okay with people also you know i've had f- friends pick up the phone and say to me that they didn't like what i Style and that's okay I'm like okay fine cool like you may like it someone may not and you may not like it someone may so it's not uh it's not something that bothers me really
0: right I think that also has so much to do with what goes on in behind the scenes of putting that look out yeah right and it's such a subjective thing yeah 100% so I
1: think that if someone whose work I really look up to or someone whose creative inputs I feel could make my work better then I think that that's something I would again I would reflect on it and sometimes even people who I look up to tell me that they don't like something that I've done and I still think that I'm okay with what I've done because I'm like I like it and it's okay if you don't like it there's no hard feelings there's no need to have an argument or to have any bad blood if someone dislikes your work because you're separate from your work you know exactly so I uh, so I, I don't take anything personally
0: some work though
1: people again people who don't work in the industry don't know like you said what goes on into putting a look together sometimes you know that you would have wanted it to go another way but sometimes that's not in your control and it is what it is so
0: yeah you know what goes on behind the scenes of putting out a look recently you know an industry stalwart yeah yeah Lord Roach announced that he was retiring and he obviously alluded to the fact that there's a lot of politics in the fashion industry that led to his retirement what is your take on this and did you also relate with what he said
1: A little bit, yeah. I do feel like sometimes, you know, you can put your best foot forward and you may not get the appreciation that you feel like you deserve. Mm -hmm. and But that's something that is completely out of one's control. And I think that uh, as a freelancer... I just hope that whatever job comes my way, I do it uh, with like my 100% and I make sure that I do it well. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing that's in my control, you know. So if I were to think of like what is happening around me, then that's not going to serve, that's not going to do me any good. So I try not to get involved in anything that is not in my control because it's not going to
0: help me. No, I relate with what you've said. It's it's very true. Yeah, it's it's um.
1: difficult. It's not that it's it's you, it, every day is not like butterflies and rainbows, but it's you gotta like wake up and and focus on what's important.
0: Yeah, it's work at the end of the day, and you yeah. have to get on with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has
1: hard days at the office. Yeah, yeah. In every just... in every profession, so yeah. you know you gotta yeah do what you gotta do. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So, moving swiftly yeah. <laughs> right along uh, to segment number three, which is a focus on the homegrown brands and everything that's going on on the grassroots. Yeah, it's like a fashion rapid fire. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So, I want your thoughts on a few homegrown brands that you've come across uh, and have become your personal favorites. Yeah. Okay. Um, bags. Bags, uh, Tiger Maron, mm. Mystery,
1: mm. Uh, Behno, uh, Behno, yeah, and uh, I think Napadori does great bags, Cord does great bags. This is not rapid, no, it's yeah. great. <laughs> okay, it's great. Everybody, oh, I'm done with my bag list, guys. So good, though. <laughs> yeah, I love their bags, I love all of their bags. Yeah, yeah. um, jewelry, jewelry, um. Minimal jewelry, I would say Tula. Slightly statement jewelry, uh, Radhika Agarwal. She does really cute
0: stuff. She really does. Yeah, she has really
1: cute stuff. Uh, I like Angana Nanavati. I think she's fine jewelry. Yeah, fine jewelry. Um, I also like this designer. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but it's S H E. A-C-H-E I think it's Sash or sh- Satch okay but uh, he makes amazing jewelry like he just sent me a lot of his pieces and I died I was like oh my
0: god like it's so beautiful um that doesn't happen often where, where a stylist is very impressed by a lot of jewellery.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think there are fine jewellery brands. Like, I love her story. Mm-hmm. I love uh,
0: yeah, her story. So is, yeah,
1: so good. There's another fine jeweler called Tara Fine mm, Also very good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like really uh, amazing attention to detail and like really beautiful. And then there's Amrapali because they just, they they have amazingly beautiful jewelry they really do yeah they just customized a piece for sonam that uh, Rian uh, tarang worked on together and it was just beyond it was like this pearl that she wore at the nmacc oh,
0: the pearl yes. choker with yes. the emeralds
1: so yeah so they custom made that for her Oh, that looked beautiful yeah that was just it, it was like the, it, it's actually breathtaking like it yeah. it's that's exactly how I would describe it. Yeah, the attention to design at Amrapali is yeah. next level. It's, it's next really level. good. Like I go there. I, I love handpicking whatever jewelry is worn by anyone I style myself. So I lo- like for me, sourcing jewelry is therapeutic. So mm-hmm. I would go and then I can I'll act like, like this rich lady and I'm like, I'll have this and I'll have this. And I'm just having so much fun I on know. my own.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. It really
1: is very... Um, Unreal. Yeah, like I love it. Like when, when sometimes when I'm like having a really hectic day, and then I have like one, like like one half of my day that's just jewelry sourcing, and I'm just having so much fun. Like I don't answer anybody's calls. I'm just like on my own, Sorry, just like handpicking stuff,
0: covered in diamonds. Yeah. Right now can't take then, a call.
1: Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, how much is this? And I'm like trying stuff on as well. So it's like, it's it's good fun. I like my job sometimes.
0: <laughs> uh What are your favorite resort wear labels?
1: Um okay resort wear uh, there's a there's a brand called Izzy mm-hmm. that's doing really yes, so really nice. nice printed swimwear and uh they it's, it's very cute um I'll do like this upcoming brand called Sea Biscuit they're yes. based in Bombay also very good very cute very nice fit um Really good prints. Yeah, very cute prints. Actually, Mm -hmm. prints are not very easy to get right. So when someone does a good print, it really like, I really like have a fashion moment there Mm -hmm. with those people. And uh, who else? I like Guapa. I like a lot of the stuff Guapa does. And uh, even Sand by Shirin. I don't think that would be that would come under resort wear it's very like linen-y uh it's it's really nice as well yeah she has a lot of nice stuff
0: what's the brand that you go to for creating a power look I I do like Ura. I
1: think uh, yeah great tailoring yeah very good tailoring um who else make even even Bloney has done a few suits that were Mm. amazing yeah i really like their vinyl suits and even lovebirds i would say for a power
0: look lovebirds yeah. has amazing stuff like their new collection is beyond so nice. yeah so nice uh we've been seeing a lot of international celebrities in homegrown labels uh of course Cardi b wore god of gupta yeah. zendaya wore rahul, rahul. mishra yeah. um if you got the chance to style your dream celebrity mm-hmm. what would they wear Okay, so I don't think that they
1: necessarily have to wear Indian. Uh, I think there are a lot of Indian designers doing contemporary wear. So I think uh, like uh, maybe Zendaya would look amazing in Blooney or in... Uh, I think she would look good in Anamika as well, even though I'm literally <laughs> contradicting what I said first. I think she would look great in Anamika. And uh, I think like Rihanna would look... Amazing in like lay studios. R- Rihanna would look good in like, uh, you know, Tarun Tehliani from the archives, maybe. Yeah, so nice. Or even like an Abu Jani look, but carefully done, you know. Mm-hmm. I would e- even like maybe Dhruv streetwear. Rihanna would look like she would make it hot how has that not already happened? I don't understand why like why are the Indian designers not putting themselves on the global map like I love what Suhani's done with Misho Misho is everywhere like I like everyone like Beyonce like everyone has worn Misho and that's amazing so I feel like uh, you know maybe they should be doing a little more PR because they have what it takes to be worn by everybody you know so
0: yeah yeah. All um so here's a couple of questions to round up this segment. Right. What excites you the most about the future of homegrown brands? What excites me the most? I I do
1: think that I hope that they use social media to help them grow. Mm-hmm. Because I do feel like it's become a little stagnant on social media. I don't think I don't think designers are using it enough to I don't think their pages are interesting enough. Like, yeah. I feel like while their work is good, I don't see what they're doing on the gram particularly exciting. So, I really hope that they
0: kind of strategize better and grow more. I agree with you, actually. Uh, I feel like a lot of the brands put their focus on dressing influencers and yeah. sort of like funnel all of their resources over there and then just sort of like forget to develop their website yeah, it's... or their Instagram. Yeah. So as soon as you land on their digital platforms, it's just such a turn off. It's it's quite, it's pretty dead, you know, I feel like there's
1: no, there's no life in their social media. Or interaction. Yeah, there's there's no interactive content. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. I've noticed that so much. And I feel like um, they need to be, they need to hire better people and strategize better to.
0: And work with stylists, honestly, to, you know, sort of just create better visuals for their brand. Yeah.
1: As for well. sure, for sure.
0: Because I think, uh, just a sly little plug there.
1: Yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> Hire us. Uh, yeah. No, I think, uh, brands. Yeah, they need to do better in that sense, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you.
0: Um, so have you made a recent purchase from any of the homegrown brands that you really like? I bought a
1: lot of stuff actually from uh, a brand called Staple, Shop Mm, Staple. So nice. So they were having a sale and I bought like a really nice three-piece suit and I got like their uh, long coats, uh, which was really reasonable. Like it's, you'd probably spend the same amount at Zara and it's so much better and I, and it has so much more character and personality. So I, uh, I, I'm obsessed with them and I am someone who would like wear a suit like to, sh- to shoot and uh, yeah. like Same. after brunch like I would I wear a suit like wherever it's least expected to wear a suit
0: because I'm just like
1: that's who I am so uh so yeah so I, I I'm obsessed
0: with them they know it do you turn up to grocery yeah. shopping yeah resort? I've
1: gone everywhere with my blazer people are like where are you going I'm like I, I always have a meeting even though I don't like I, I do have a meeting nice. yeah
0: yeah I think that that's what I'm really excited by just that the fact that we have options aside from Zara yeah to shop at
1: yeah yeah, yeah. no no there are tons there's yeah. a lot of uh there's a lot of and even like thrift stores are coming up here secondhand stores like luxury uh secondhand stores as well yeah. and it's exciting because you don't have to go out and like make that massive investment into your uh clothes now you can pick something up that's of very good quality and yeah. it's not as it
0: doesn't cost you as much okay so of course we you know we were talking earlier on about India and abroad and um, collaborations um, Pepsi and Human have done it OBT and Shantanu Nikhil um, obviously these are very instrumental in bringing together you know a confluence of aesthetic yeah. um, what are the collaborations that you have seen recently that you really liked and resonated with? Um, I,
1: I really liked uh, the collection Rhea Kapoor did with Kai shoes. Oh, yeah,
0: that was really nice. That was
1: actually really nice. I have a couple uh, of her pairs. Yes. Yeah, I wear those boots so much. Like I've worn them to death. Like they cannot be used anymore because I have, yeah, I've used them so much. So I think uh, she, she pays a lot of attention to her collaborations. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to, yeah it's nice to to buy from whatever ria kind of puts her mind to cuz yeah. it's always
0: done well and what two brands do you think could combine their aesthetic to create a great collection
1: i feel like uh maybe us. like i feel like we don't have a nice sunglasses like a sunglasses brand here Hiana? yeah yeah we don't have anything that's or maybe there are there are and I don't know about them, but that's also not possible because I kind of yeah. I'm just like always like hunting exactly. for things. The number uh, of bookmarks I have. Yeah, my saved items. I've tried to compartmentalize my saved items, but I just can't with because the amount like of every, stuff that yeah. I keep saving. And I'm like, oh my god, it's just too much. It's like my brain, you know, it's yeah. everything's just jumbled up. Um I think Bloney would make great sunglasses if you did. Yeah, Bloney would actually. Even um who do I like? I feel like even, I feel like Suket Deer would make like an, a nice like home collection or like yeah, yeah. rugs or something because yeah, yeah. his clothes are really beautiful and like green, you know? Yeah, yeah I love Suket Deer. I just did a, uh, like, I, I, uh, I sell Sanya Malhotra for an event. So I, I put her in the Suket Deer and then I took another look and I put that like on the shoulders because I was like, we have to layer it up. And
0: everyone complains about how hot it is. And I'm like, guys, it's fashion. Come on. <laughs> Just got to do it. Yeah. I mean, Bombay's weather will not allow anything, but you have to. Do yeah. It I'm for like, fashion is
1: pain. <laughs> it's like my most controversial thing that I stand by because I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to be comfortable. But I'm also like, but you fashion is being you gotta look good yeah you You gotta
0: do it for the you know the fashion Mm -hmm. for fashion yeah and now for the final segment of our podcast we have an ama which includes questions the blur the border team have for you so of course of course as a stylist um we're constantly dealing with tight deadlines right um so if you had only one day to put together a look for a celebrity that you work with, yeah. which I'm sure happens on the regular, um, what does that process look like? Okay, so for the first
1: five minutes or like 10 minutes, I will cry and I will panic and mm-hmm. I will call my boyfriend and complain. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, now I got to do it, you know. Yeah. So I um, I obviously, every every event is different and every every time you kind of have this 24 hours, it never goes the same way. So I would find out what they want to wear if i'm on a tight deadline especially i want to know what they don't want to wear because i'm not going to waste any time fetching that um and then i'm calling like people i'm calling my blue dart guy and i'm like yo you're gonna get like five parcels coming to you so be ready for that and i'm making sure that whatever they want to wear particularly i i have designers on speed dial who are gonna you know send me looks that they can pack and immediately send out. So I have to be super organized. So I have to know exactly what they want, what they don't want. Um, I'm also getting like, I I love to have, I love to plan my jewelry when my look is set. Yeah. But if the, if time doesn't permit, then I am also getting like a ton of jewelry mm-hmm. uh, as well, because I want to make sure that I have every kind depending on which way my look goes uh, so yeah I, I think it's a lot of um, it's a lot of just being on your phone yeah. which can look very unproductive to many people and I'm always getting asked why I'm on my phone so much but I'm actually working yeah I'm actually working I'm being productive I'm also scrolling on Instagram but I'm but I'm working you but know? that's part of the job yeah, I'm, yeah Instagram helps me work I I've I always discovered new designers on Instagram. I've, that's how I've, uh, you know found the best people and made the best equations in my career because I'm just like hitting people up and I'm saying like hey I love your work and especially over the pandemic yeah I mean it's it's not only designers and it's not only for work it's also like appreciating like I fall follow, I've followed you on Instagram for the longest time and I love looking at your work there's so many yeah it's great it's so it, it inspires me so much to look at people in my profession doing great work and just like having their own aesthetic and having something unique about them so I feel like it's it's
0: just it's amazing but you know like you said you follow a lot of people on on Instagram and uh, you know that's how you're also exposed to a lot of fresh talent or even like just talent that's been around for a while who's your favorite stylist uh, that you look up to I think, I mean, everyone knows this because I always
1: say it in every interview, but it is Riya Kapoor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not only saying it because she's my mentor, but um, I just think that I've never seen anyone put in uh, the amount of dedication that she does into anything. Mm -hmm. So it's not just styling related. I think it's into anything, but especially when it comes to styling, she's so incredibly detailed. Uh, She's so calm and so... uh, Like her state of mind is like it's I look up to her every time I even now when I'm doing the film, she's producing the film called The Crew and uh, just everything that she does. It's so inspiring. So I she's my favorite, like all time favorite. Yeah.
0: Amazing. So that's a wrap on this episode. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. It's been great talking to you as well. This was very insightful. And I hope, I hope that everyone else also gets a little bit more of an insight into how, what the job is like. Yeah. Because it's not like, it's not as pretty as it looks. No, it's There's hard not. days. No, there, there there are obviously there are hard days.
1: There are hard days in any profession. Yeah. There are a lot of hard days yeah. when you are a stylist. But I think that, uh, you know, over time, I also have gotten so much back from the job as well that uh, talking about like I I also have a lot of good days yeah after my bad days you know and I think that it's important to acknowledge that that comes to if you work hard enough, so uh so yeah, so it is very it's very satisfying as well, as much as it's heartbreaking as much as it's uh entertaining as much as it's all kinds of emotions it's it's, yeah. it's a lot, but
0: it's it's amazing, yeah. it is it is thank you so much that thank was you. it was so nice to talk <laughs> to you, and it was so insightful, and I saw so many of my own sort of like issues um. Not just issues, but also like thoughts reflected in the way that you spoke about the job. So, but thank yeah. you. Thank you. And that was our conversation with Megan. This podcast is brought to you by Blur the Border, a community-driven marketplace. This show is produced by Ria Bambani and Vardhan Deshpande. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week.